All right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman. It is always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS. This is awesome. A PlayStation podcast. This is episode 267. This is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. Before we get on with the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash PS. This is awesome. And if you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PlayStation Network, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. And as always, you can write our show at PS. This is awesome at gmail.com. And most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends. Be sure to leave comments. Rate our podcast as you see fit. That really helps us a lot when people start searching for PlayStation podcast. The more you guys put in on your podcast stream, uh, the ratings, the comments on YouTube, it really, really does help us get into the eyes and ears of new listeners. So thank you for that. And as a reminder, this is a video podcast, like I said, so you can watch this over on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe to our channel over there. And new and or long-time listeners, we have a Patreon. You can support our show at $1 a month at the one and only $1 Club. So head over to www.patreon.com slash PS. This is awesome. And you can become a $1 patron and get a free die-cut vinyl sticker in the mail and a shout-out on our show. With that out of the way, Jake, how are you doing today? Pretty good. Sunday, a little bit uh, early. But, um, I mean, it's not really, it's like, I don't know, fucking 20 after 10 or whatever, but it's, uh, I don't know, fine mm. morning. It would be earlier if we didn't do this fucking clock shit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The clocks changed last night. I was like, I went to bed and I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to get a lot of sleep cause I went to bed early last night. And, uh, then, um, I was reminded that uh, clocks got moved forward. Yeah, they so did. Now it's like fucking dark until almost 8 o'clock, so that's cool. Dude, I'm so confused. I thought they passed something. I think we talked about this on the show, and then I read somewhere that Pennsylvania is not acknowledging it. Like, the the federal government passed something, and then I read that Pennsylvania is just not going to adhere to the new... So we're going to be the only state that has a different... So you can go to Ohio, it'll be a different time? Like what? Probably. Is, what's going there on? Are other, there are other states that have never acknowledged it. Like Arizona, I don't think I ever. I'll never it. understand it. I, it has everything to do with farming. It's rooted in farming. Uh, you know, with needing to be uh, having the plants. St- I don't know. I don't even know having the plants planted in time or something. And you know, the plants need to know what time it is to act right. And I don't. Know. I don't know why they wouldn't. I don't know why they wouldn't. Because I thought the whole thing was is that once daylight savings time is in effect, meaning today... They're not going to change it. It's done now. It's just this forever. And I don't know why anyone would care or be opposed to it. Like, does it really affect you? Like, does it, does it somehow make your mm. your business and everything more positive to have the clocks change twice a year and fuck everybody up like i don't understand i gotta do more research on this i've never fully understood it and when people like oh we're turning back the clocks and i'm like wait what does that mean i gain or lose an hour like well you do this when you turn them forward and now we're turning them back so it's gonna be this way and my, my brain doesn't work that way i don't have a a mind that can wrap around stuff like that and um I don't know, but I saw a post on Facebook that said Pennsylvania 
is not adhering to the new to the new law that was passed. It's Facebook. So who the fuck knows if what I even it was just a headline. And then I someone's comment was like highlighted and it said like, oh, my God, thank goodness, because I could never do my job if we didn't change the time for daylight save. I'd never be able to get through the days. And it's like, really? That one fucking hour? You wouldn't? You, you couldn't do it? <laughs> like, come on. I mean, like, the only thing that it means is that it will be in the winter time. It will be darker longer in the morning. Yeah. That's the only thing that it means. Right. Now, if you're one of those people that's like, oh, I can't stand it when it's fucking dark in the morning, well, then you clearly don't get up very early. Because regardless of what time of year it is, it's, it's usually kind of dark in the morning. Unless it's like the dead of summer when it gets light at like five <clears throat> o'clock in the morning yeah. during like the longest day of the year. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems like a lot of probably people just resisting change. I don't even know. and I don't even know if what I'm saying is true about Pennsylvania not adopting it. So if listeners, you guys are getting bored and want to look something up, want a little puzzle to solve, let us know how this fucking thing's gonna happen for us. <laughs> I just feel like I'm along for the ride. Well, I'm just going to show up for work, and if I'm late, I'm late. If I'm not, I'm not. God. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's one way to look at it, to do it. I mean, what the hell? Who cares? Um, <clears throat> for those who can't tell, I've been sick all week. Uh, I have not gotten much gaming in. Um, trying not to be one of those people that just fucking talks about how sick they feel, because... I'm I'm a baby when it comes to feeling gross, but um, I didn't get much games uh, in, so we'll, we'll move on to games we're playing on the show right now. I'm just going to mark it here. Um, I did do something spur of the moment late last night. Now, here's the thing. I, 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 I never popped a fever, but like I said, I, I was, Jake, I wrote you, like I was like sweating in my sleep and getting clammy and then waking up and then... It's one of those sickness for like you sleep on one side and all of your congestion just slowly moves to the side that you're laying on. And then, you know, every 20 minutes or so, you got to shift so that you can like breathe. And it was going on for like a week. And I've been taking DayQuil like a crazy person. <clears throat> well, yesterday was the first day in the evening where I actually felt good enough. Uh, I started doing some laundry, started folding some clothes. And um, we have a news point later. And uh, I really, and I think it's, I think it's impossible for me without having someone play the game with me. But I, uh, I really want to just drive home the point that you know, for any listeners that like beat 'em ups, um, and I, I haven't played the Ninja Turtle games, the new one or the remakes or whatever the fuck came out and I want to because I'm a fan of the game style and I'm not necessarily a big Ninja Turtles fan but I will say Streets of Rage 4 was the best the best beat-em-up I've played since I was a kid uh, it's it's better than the Streets of Rage games just because it's modernized but, it, but the action in those games are all about gameplay I know you played a little bit with me at one point, Jake, and you'd mentioned how it felt a little sluggish walking around and stuff. But I think that that is kind of how those games are. Uh, some of the characters, though, do move a little faster than others. But, man, Streets of Rage 4 was such a good game. 
and I'm I'm two tro- two or three trophies away from platinuming it. But the ones that I need, one of them is easy. It's just beat the game with one of the characters that I haven't played through with yet. And then the other two, one is like get an all-time score of like 5 million or something, which I would get over time. But the, but the last one is beat every level on like the hardest difficulty, which is like fucking insanity. And I think the only way I could do that is if I had a co-op game going and uh, had some help from friends because there's no way you could single-handedly do that. There's just no fucking way. Um, but all the other hard hard trophies I got, and I made a point to learn the game and do it. And uh, I'm so close to get my Streets of Rage 4 trophy. But So with that being said, there was DLC that came out for this game, free downloadable content. Um, and they had released paid DLC called... Uh, M- Mr. Nightmare or Professor Nightmare or X Nightmare, Nightmare X. I don't know what it was, but it was essentially a really interesting survival mode that at first I was just like, I'm not paying, you know, 10 bucks for that. And uh, it it has like this, you know, this little arena room where they throw bad guys at you and uh, you maintain your health from arena to arena. So if you get hit a few times, you know, your health's down. And then once you clear that room, you get three options for your character. So it's kind of like a, a roguelike in a way. You get three options. And it's like one, uh, when you're below 50% health, you can pick up this thing and you do 10% more damage. And that stays with you your entire playthrough of the survival mode. Another one is if you happen to happen on a weapon and you're using a weapon in one of these arenas, now it causes fire damage. You can get that upgrade. Every time you beat an arena, it gives you another three options to pick from. You can only pick one. So as you go through, you try to uh, you try to find the upgrades. One is like a double jump. One is like I don't know. You move ten percent quicker. So like you're getting boons every time you get through one of these arenas, and then they start throwing more and more bad guys at you. And you see how fucking far you can go. I made it to like level like sixteen on my own, and uh, every once in a while they'll throw a boss fight at you, and I hit a boss. And it was just, it just wasn't working. I, I just got taken out. Um, it was a boss that was three people. It was like all the same character, but they just kept, they're really fast and they were just like fucking me up. So, and all these, all these arenas are random. So, uh, it's really, really cool. And I bought it, so to speak. So, yeah, so they rolled out this DLC and it was free. It made me open the game back up. And then I noticed there were some trophies that I didn't have from the DLC, which don't pertain to the Platinum. But I was like, oh, man, this game's so good. I wonder how much was that DLC? And I go and I look at it, and because they wrote out this uh, free free patch, the DLC was only $3 or $3.99 for Streets of Rage 4. And I think originally it was like 10 bucks. So I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking all in. So I bought it, and I played it a bit last night when I was feeling better. So that's something I've been playing a little bit of. And then I'm also still working on Mass Effect 3. And uh, <clears throat> you, I kind of sent you a text a while back, Jake. I'm still kind of – I'm just past all of that stuff. Um, you throw like a party. So I'm just past the party part, uh, mm-hmm. which I thought was cool when it was over. But some of the party – I felt like it dragged on a little bit. Mass Effect 3, the party parts. But that's probably me because I just kept telling him to drink more. 
turn up the music, keep drinking. I wanted to see what the fuck was going to happen. Um, but anyways, that's that's all I've played all week. And uh, I have not jumped into VR because I didn't want to put that headset on while I've been sick. I didn't want to like risk getting whatever I have later. So I just haven't even donned the headset this week. That's not how viruses work. <laughs> Doesn't even matter. <laughs> not even not even going to try it. Not even going to risk it. <laughs> Fuck the science, man. <laughs> uh, I just don't want this shit again. I, I um, also probably. I mean, I was already sweating just laying down, putting that VR heads. It would have made me so nauseous, even though I wasn't running a fever. But I want, I want to get back into that and beat Moss Book Two and get Pavlov and get Demio and uh, I think Switchback VR comes out this week, so I really want to get that. I want to jump into Resident Evil Village still, so I've got my plans. I just got to get my health back, and I'm not back to. I'm probably about seventy percent right now. Um, what about you, Jake? What have you been playing? Nothing much has changed. I haven't. I played a little bit more um, of the Atomic Heart, <clears throat> and one of the things that is cool. I know that. Obviously, this isn't a, an Xbox podcast, but one of the things that is cool about the the whole Game Pass thing is that I have it installed on my PC and I have it on my Xbox. So, like, the other day, I was – Sarah wanted to use the TV for something. So I came upstairs, mm-hmm. booted it up on my PC, and it was like – you have a newer version of your save in the cloud. Do you want to use this one? And I'm like, yep. And then it just boots up on my PC right where I left off on my console. Oh, that's nice. And then I could just kind of keep going and playing or whatever, and I don't have to worry about there being two different saves. Does it play better on PC stuff. than it does on Xbox? I mean, yeah, because it's more powerful machine, yeah. but it's it plays pretty well. I, I bet it would be fine on PS5, to be honest with you. <coughs> Because it plays pretty well on my Series S, which is not as powerful as the PS5. So yeah. I'm sure it would be fine. I, there's still a lot of stuff about it that I just – it's just kind of meh. But um, it's fun to kind of jump into it every now and again just to dick around and, and try to get a little bit further and kind of be in that world a little bit. Because the world is neat and the environment's neat and then mm-hmm. – I know people have a lot of problems with like the main character fucking talking constantly and saying dumb shit. Like crispy critters and all this crap, <laughs> and uh, but um, I don't know. I, I can usually look past that stuff. It's not nearly as bad as the dialogue between Frey and Cuff in that demo of For Spoken that I played. Yeah, at least this is like trying to be. This is like uh, like trying to be campy and kind of dumb. Um, but outside of that, I've just been playing Hogwarts Legacy and uh, Gran Turismo 7. That's literally, since I started Gran Turismo 7, that's the only game that I've played on my VR. I haven't played anything else. I haven't had any desire to play anything else. It's just so much fun to play. And uh, I will admit, like, and I think that this has always been a thing with Gran Turismo games, but one of the things about that game that drives me fucking bananas is why do I always have to start in last place? Yeah, what's like, up with that? <clears throat> like, can, can't can't you just, like, introduce maybe a qualifying session and then, like, so that I can maybe start farther up the pack or at least, like, start me in random places throughout the pack? Don't just fucking maybe, start me in last every single maybe time. Maybe Playboy Ken knows this. 
Um, he's the sure aficionado on Grand Treasure yeah. 7 of our listeners for sure, I think. Dude, chime in if you know the answer to that question. Because uh, it is it is annoying because it's like, like I know just generally, depending on if I have a good car and I've upgraded it or whatever, like I'm usually faster than the, the PC guys, which is fine. Or sorry, the, the NPCs. But it's like nine times out of ten, I don't know. I guess there is a bit of challenge to it where it's like, oh, if you started in the front, you would never get past. And they'd have to make like the other other drivers more challenging and stuff like that, which I guess there is kind of like a, a, I understand that. But they should mix it up a little bit. Like like I've <clears> done, <throat> I don't know, fucking just just doing the, the little campaign thing with the cafe. I've probably done... 50 plus races and every single one of them I started in last place. Did it's like there's not like like who decides who gets first place in this game. Now I understand that maybe if you do like a another mode or something there's like qualifying or whatever, yeah. but it does seem kind of weird to me that or maybe they line it up based on how good your car is. I have no idea. You just always but, uh, respect. That's what. No, dude, I'm I'm always in last place too, even when I have a shittier car. Yeah, I think that's just how it is. But it's like if it's especially annoying if for whatever reason you don't have a car that is very well specced and you start in last place, it's difficult for you to get through the pack before the end of the race, especially on some of these shorter races. So they give you just enough way- laps to do it. Yeah, the only way that I've found to make it so that I know that I can get to the front before the end of the race is that I just I imme- like I buy if I don't have a car that's in that category, mm. I buy one and then I just upgrade the shit out of it with all of my money before I do this race. And then it's like, okay, I go in there and now my car is whatever, you know, 100 points higher than the minimum. Yeah. And so now I know I can get all the way through the pack or whatever. Dude, let but me ask you I this beat them on whatever. about that because now you're you're talking about credits and stuff. Did you try? Did you try the the thing we talked about last episode? You like? Oh yeah, what the fuck is up with that? I did. I've used like I don't know thirty roulette tickets. Have you ever gotten anything but the worst? Every time it's the worst one. Yeah, me too. Like what the fuck? Does anyone get anything better than that? Is that, the, is that their way like, of wanting you to buy shit on the P? There'll be like four fucking cars and then like a huge thing of gold and then like the, the lamest thing. And I always get the lamest thing. I'm like, dude, I'm about to get a car. And it, like, it never happens. Yeah. yeah, it's funny how it's like you'll – it's like it's always five things. So one will be – like one time I did it last night, it was like – it was like three cars, a giant pile of money and then like a tiny pile of money. Like a nickel. And I just <laughs> – you get like the – you get the smallest thing every single time. I don't understand. This must be one of those things that – remember when this game came out, everybody was complaining about it and how expensive cars They had were to rework the and, currency and or something. Yeah, and, there was some shit going like, on. I wonder if this was part of that because it is kind of insane. It's like why even mm. give me the roulette ticket? Just give me the fucking money that's the lowest thing. Like don't make me sit through this goddamn Wheel of Fortune fucking shit. Fucking tease Just, me. Yeah. Just give me the fucking lowest money whenever I get this ticket. Like, can I just sell it to you for the money and not have to sit through this animation where I know I'm not going to get anything other than the worst fucking thing in here? 
Like, do you I, it's, have it's, to like? It, do you have to be like a member? Do you have to pay for like some sort of subscription to get the opportunity to win that other shit? Like, what? How does that work? Like, why? One time, I got something other than money. It was like, it was like a. I don't know, like fucking camshafts or something like that. It was it wasn't even a car, it was like a part. But it was like camshafts for the the nineteen ninety six Honda <clears throat> Civic type R. It's like, okay, well I don't even fucking use that right. car or even have that car. This is useless to me. Like why is this in here? This it, it, it is arguably the most infuri if it wasn't for the fact that it gives me money, I wouldn't even bother rolling the wheel. Because it's such a waste of my time. It's like me winning a pair of like eighteen inch tires. Yeah, it's like you can't even nice. use them on your car. <laughs> nice. All right, eBay. But yeah, I mean, so yeah, that that's probably my biggest frustration. Um, I have been playing quite a bit though, and I do real. I still I really enjoy it. I found one of the other things that I don't really like is when they make you do. Um, Excuse me. When they make you do those, those like little side things, like one, like where they're teaching you how to play the game, and like one of them is like uh, you have to do uh, this thing to like learn a course or whatever, and it's like do do like a do like a one lap thing, and it's like you have to get under a certain time, but they make you use like their fucking car. Like, whatever the hell this car is. It's, like, not a car that I've spec'd for myself that drives the way that I like to drive it. It's, like, this fucking random-ass car that they make me drive to do this particular thing. Because, like, for me, it's one thing if you want to say, like, within this race, you have to have a car within these, like, parameters and, uh, like, for the regular races. Then it's, like, okay, I find a car that's in there and then I, and then I upgrade it the way that I like it. Yeah. But in these like weird little challenges and stuff they're like okay you got to use this fucking weird ass car that controls way differently than you're used to and it makes it hard now maybe that's kind of the point but um other than that i don't know i'm really i'm really enjoying it um there's some so i'm looking right now on this roulette thing and this was this was a year ago um a reddit post with 120 comments it says, anyone else getting the worst possible reward with every single roulette ticket? And then the first person just says, I don't know why game developers keep adding these stupid roulettes. It is not even tied to anything via monetization. It just feels awful. The game taunts you with great prices and then gives you the worst thing. I had a four-star roulette that showed my awesome thing, an Audi RA LMS GT3 race car and some Lamborghini thing. But now nah, I got 5000 in money instead. Come on, game. I get fifty k a race and have more than a million already. 5K really isn't that great for a four-star reward. And people are just going off on it. People are like, yeah, this should be criminal. And then they're just like, yeah, 10 tickets so far. All have been 5K to 2K in credits. It's rigged. They don't want to give away too too many credits because they uh, want you to buy more via the microtransactions. So yeah, you can buy like a lot of those cars. You can buy them on the PSN, and they're fucking expensive. Really? That's probably why they do that. But they're only available like, on won, the PSN, or can you buy them in the game too? I'm sure you can buy them in the game, but it's with real money. It's not. It, it's like oh, I'm, I, I sorry, I get what you mean. Yeah, you can buy them in the game as well, but they're like, you know, like that guy, that car he's talking about, like that Audi RS8 is. 
probably fucking like a two million dollar, two million credits in the game, and it's like, okay, well, you know how long it would take me to get that? I mean, I've been playing the game for hours now. I'm in. I've got like seven hundred thousand credits. Yeah. So I can't imagine playing for another. I don't know, 10 hours or five hours or whatever to get, one car. to get to a couple million. And then I spend all of it on one vehicle. It's like, okay, well, but you can, can only use in like one race. <laughs> yeah. That they won't let you use in a lot of the races because it's, you know, you have to like build a race to be able to play it. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's really strange to me. Yeah. But, uh, so I guess I can see where a lot of the guff was <clears> at the beginning when people were arguing about, uh, how the currency works in the game. But other than that, I mean, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I love I, the game. I love the way that it plays. And I love, like, the... And, and honestly, after playing it in VR, mm. like, I don't understand how anybody plays this game not in VR. Like, I get if you really... If you want, like, the, the awesome graphics and all that stuff, you, you can't really play it in VR to get that, but... Like, Jake, you're just like flexing because so you have harder. a VR2 headset. Come on. I Some guess, people can't afford but, this shit. But it seems like it would be so much harder out of VR, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. It's The immersion like, is like so I, much better in VR. It's just simply like, a better it, game. It, it, it's unarguable. I was just thinking, last, I was thinking last night about, like, there's a lot of times where I'll go to a turn and I'll, like, miss it. Because of this, like, really tiny, like, amount of motion on the joystick whenever I'm controlling it. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, like, in my head, I'm like, if I had a wheel, that would not be a problem. It's just that my finger isn't accurate enough with this tiny motion on the joystick. But if I had a wheel, I know that I could do it a lot easier than I can uh, with the joystick. And I'm like, do I really want to spend $300 on a fucking wheel? Here's what we'll do this summer. My buddy Ben has, has that wheel and, uh, he's got a whole chair set up. Um, we'll, uh, either go to his place and take my VR headset or he can bring his setup over to my place and we'll have a, we'll have a GT seven tryout party with the wheel and the pedals and shit. And then if it's (laughs) awesome enough, then you'll know if it's worth it. It's a yeah, try it's before pretty- you buy thing for me, a wheel like that. Because I, I don't want to invest that kind of money and then be like, eh, it doesn't make that big of a difference. You know? I'm sure it makes enough uh, difference, but... <clears throat> yeah, I'm trying to remember. There's like a wheel that a lot of people like that's like pretty cheap. The G9 or something? The G29, is that, yeah. that sounds right. Yeah, so I think that's what it is. And... Um, but you have to have something to like mount it to. Yeah, he's got the whole that. fucking rig, dude. He's awesome. Which is totally fine. I mean, I'm all about it, but yeah, it would be... Uh, You're talking like kind of 350 bucks probably for a whole setup with that wheel. That I'm wheel, look- I think, is like 200 yeah. And then you it's, get the chair. The, the, wheel, the wheel itself on Logitech's website is uh, $299. Oh, really? Because I think I found it online for like 200 somewhere. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm sure you can find like a used version of it or, or something, but... The only thing that I think might be kind of hard is the, like the like the braking and the gas and stuff might be a little bit challenging compared to using the triggers. But the steering would definitely and the shifting would definitely be easier with a wheel. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, man. I, yeah. I mean, I've just been playing a lot of that game, and I know? I think it's amazing. 
So race car drivers, um, because I saw someone online using a wheel and they had a, a camera set up on the pedals and a camera set up on the wheel. They were using two feet braking gas. Is that a thing with race car drivers for reaction response? Uh. To, so yeah, yes, because you have to be able to use the gas and the brake at the same time to properly trail brake through corners. It's so, wild to think about. Uh, so it, it it it's that's how race car drivers do it if they have if they don't have to use the clutch. If you have to use the clutch, it's it's wild. The guys actually develop the the ability to use one foot to use the gas and the brake at the same time. They put it half on both. And they'll twist their foot while while they're going to apply less brake and more gas. While they're careening it's at like 100 miles an hour down a track, 150. Yeah. Taking turns. It's incredible. But uh, yeah, I, I was know. just it's, wondering because I, I saw someone. I was like, does this person not know how to drive? Like this is probably. Well, you a, have to when you're racing. Interesting. Uh, then I, th- yeah, it dawned on me. This is probably just how they do it. It's just foreign to me. All right. Let's right. get into some listener feedback, man. Um you know, I'm I'm always uh, able to admit when I'm an idiot and I don't know about some stuff. I don't know. I can't claim to know half as much as I know about the things that I don't know about. So, uh, <laughs> listener feedback. Big Box writes in and he says, Jake, Fred's right. You have to start learning the manual gear shifting in Gran Turismo 7. It's rewarding to turn that into a second nature process for your brain. It definitely doesn't start out that way. However, Fred should have told you the best way to do this is by racing your ghost. Uh, Messing up your gear shifts while the pack leaves you in the dust isn't fun. But messing up your gear shifts while your ghost is too makes the learning process much more enjoyable. Less stress and you notice incremental improvements much more that way. By the way, GT7, is GT7 the PSVR2's Half-Life Alex? All of that I agree with, and uh, I think it might be. I wrote him back, and I said, yeah, it, it GT7 might be the Half-Life Alex for PS5. Um, it's obviously getting a lot of press, and it's obviously a winner. Uh, I'm surprised that uh, Village, um, Resident Evil Village isn't getting much fucking shit right now. I think a lot of people are just too scared to play it, honestly. It could be. I mean, that's one of those games that's like, you've got to be... Also, I think, like, the the, the the main mode might be a little bit too hardcore for some people. You know what I mean? Like, it's pretty intense. But, I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. I don't know why Resident Evil 8 is not getting more. I think it's just a GT7 is just so good. It's a cockpit it's game so- also, right? So that's VR games and cockpit games are just synonymous. They just work. Well, and I think that the other thing too about GT7 is that people that don't normally have any interest in playing <clears throat> games like that are playing it because of VR. Yeah. And I don't know that I don't know that uh VR is going to bring anybody new to Resident Evil Village, if that makes any sense. So um, that's kind of where my mind is at with it. Mm-hmm. But that said, I would really like for Half-Life Alex to be PSVR's Half-Life Alex. I'm just saying. Yeah. Or give us like a Resistance game that's fucking VR. That'd be awesome. 
I think we're getting something down the road here. I there, there's no way that they're not. Yeah. Um. Next next comment from Mando. He says, "Yeah, Jake, I feel you with Elden Ring and Bloodborne. I stuck with it till I beat it and then dropped it. I'll check out the expansion if it's big enough." So very well, sounds good, Mando. Like your input. Thanks for writing in. Um, J1 did write in and said, uh, I have a bad habit of capitalizing the way I text on the cell phone. I live in the United States in New York City. I was born in the United States. I'm sorry for my text comments because I am disabled and troubled with my English speech writing. Please excuse my comments. I wrote J1 back. I said, hey, no worries at all. We appreciate you listening, being part of the tiny community. Don't feel any obligation to join Patreon because he did say he was going to throw a buck to us here eventually. He was moving or something. Um, dude, the, the Patreon, I know we pu- I push it a bit on the podcast. It's never expected, but we always do appreciate it. So regardless, thanks so much, J1, for writing in. Uh, we'll quit giving you a hard time. Um, J1 did write in and say that the mouse and moss, book one and two, because I couldn't remember. Her name is Quill. That is correct. And uh, I, I, I think I said pivot or some shit like that in the last podcast. It was some kind of cutesy name. Quill makes way more sense because Moss, you're writing. It's a book, and it's like, you know, you write with a pen quill. Um, thanks for that. And uh, played by Ken writes in. And he says, it's good to hear VR is proven to be great in GT7. I'll leave a comment on Patreon later with some more thoughts and info regarding Gran Turismo. at the bookstore again. Stuff was crazy. That's about my book school lore story. He said he would have been really pissed off if someone wrote that on a reminder card to him, uh, especially multiple times. And then <laughs> a VR question for us. Have have we tried playing non-VR games in the PSVR 2? And if yes, what is the experience quality like? I imagine it would be like viewing a game on a big theater screen, but I'm curious about the image quality when viewed that way. Great episode again, guys. Thanks. Um, I have not done any non-VR stuff in VR. I will say that the screens in Gran Turismo 7 until you get into the race and outside of the uh, uh, the showroom stuff where you can look at the cars like the the map screen and the uh, when you get into the garage and you're trying to tw- it's all non-VR none of that is in VR it's just yeah it does look like a really big screen it's weird to explain but you nailed it man that's what it looks like um, I haven't tried to play any of this shit, uh, any non-VR titles with the VR headset. And if it's anything like the PS VR, the first version, um, it's probably, you know, not superb quality, but, you know, just is like, I think playing like a huge, like Destiny on a theater screen, like, you know, it's not going to look fucking 4K HDR high res, like, you know, but it's going to look fine enough because you have to sacrifice a little bit for scale. And I, I think, you know, I don't even know, Jake, have you tried this? I haven't tried it with the VR2, but my – so I probably would never use this feature, <clears throat> not Excuse to poo-poo me. it. But like one, like you said, the quality is just going to be worse. It's just going to look worse when you play it on the theater mode in VR than it would on your television, on your flat screen. Because the VR just can't render it that close to your eyes at high, as high a quality as, as it... I take that back. It, it, it might be 4K in the VR headset, but because it's so close to your fucking brain, it looks... It's going to look a little bit worse. Not to mention where you're looking in stuff, like, and how you have it adjusted. Things could get blurry and all that kind of crap. 
Um, the other thing is that, like, I have a horrible time with tracking in VR, so I don't. Are you playing in a well lit room? This. What's that? Are you playing in a well lit room? I mean, as well lit, I guess, as it. You're not be. like dimming the lights and putting the headset on, right? No, no. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I have a really narrow bridge, so I have to basically for the for the for the VR2 to be in focus, I have to put the eyepieces as close together as possible and smash the headset as close to my face as I possibly can. Otherwise, my eyes are too narrow for the headset. So, I think that that kind of contributes to it a little bit, but dude, like in VR in um Gran Turismo, when it pops out to those screens, that are like the the theater mode screens that are not the in-race kind of footage. Dude, I constantly have to hold the options button to adjust my screen because it'll be like off to the fucking side or like something weird. And I, if I, I couldn't imagine trying to deal with that while playing just a regular video game that's not in VR. To be fair, GT7 doesn't do it while I'm racing. Yeah, It only does it when I'm switching between those stupid flat screen menus. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that this is a cool option for people, but to me it's, like, if anything about the VR is gimmicky, it's probably that. Because it's like, who would really want to play a game like this? But some people, I'm sure, probably use it and love it. Well, played by Ken might want to. I mean, he's asking, so. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I mean, he may he may try it and really, really like it. I think the feature. But for me, it's not worth it. Yeah. Here's the feature I'm thinking of. We know he lives out in California, right? So maybe he's in a big fucking city renting like this really small loft for like a million dollars a month, right? Maybe you don't have the space to put up a big fucking HDR TV in your, in your one fucking room apartment uh so he's like well fuck man if i get a psvr2 and i just use it in cinema mode then who needs a big tv screen right then i could just fucking just be, be that's the solution and i think for people living in big cities like new york city and stuff like that i think this is an awesome idea but i don't i mean you're gonna lose quality is it gonna look like shit no no it's gonna look good but it's not gonna look as good you know um, the, shit. the only thing I could think of now that you say that that I could see myself using it for is that the room, my edition, which is where I have my console, yeah. has a lot of really big windows. And so during the day, it's really hard for me to play games that have any level of darkness to them at all because I just can't fucking see anything because it's so bright in my room. Mm. So I could see like throwing on the VR headset and you wouldn't have that problem. At that point, yeah, because you're just you're in the zone, so it's kind of an interesting thing to think about too. Um, do you want to know? Uh, and and you mentioned having a narrow bridge, and uh, I was watching this. This is a little bit of a digression, but it's related to something you said. Um, I watched this movie. We live in Pennsylvania. There's a movie on Netflix. It's a and Jake, you might. It's a really cool movie. Um, I don't know if you'd be interested or not, but I'm a, I'm a Christian Bale fan. And uh, they shot some of this movie at um, McConnell's Mills State Park, in mm. which is really close to where we're at. And uh, it's a real pretty park. It might be a, a national park or whatever, at least some sort of state game land or something. They have these really awesome rock formations and stuff there. There's a Netflix original movie. It's about two hours long. It's called uh, Pale Blue Eye. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, dude, uh, it's really good. And it's it's a period piece. And uh, essentially, Christian Bale plays... It's called The Pale Blue Eye. Sorry. Um, it's it's back at uh, West Point, West Point Cadets in like the 1800s, um, or maybe early, maybe 1920. It's either 1820 or 1920. Uh, there has been a murder, and one of the cadets are killed, and and uh, his heart was taken out of him, and it was it was staged to look like a hanging. And uh, Christian Bell's character is apparently some sort of uh, fantastic. Uh, Sherlock Holmes kind of person, right? And they, the, the, the uh, West Point reaches out to him to try to solve what the hell happened here. And as he shows up, he meets a cadet by the name of Edgar Allan Poe before Edgar Allan Poe was famous. And uh, true story, Edgar Allan Poe was a cadet at West, West Point and he fucking only lasted like seven weeks. And no one really knows what happened there. So this is like one of those stories that's uh, fiction and nonfiction com- collide into a what if this is. They use this this awesome narrative to give a little bit of uh, fiction to maybe how Edgar Allan Poe came up with some of his some of his poetry there, there's a, a poem that he wrote or a story that he had called Landor's Cottage so in the in the in the movie Landor is is the last name of Christian Bale's character who turns out that he's a detective and he's trying to solve this thing with the help of Edgar Allan Poe they're trying to solve this heinous crime it, it's such a great little movie but you talked about having a narrow bridge uh, the guy who plays fucking Poe has a narrow bridge and and I was like dude it's way I, I think his eyes he probably can't use a VR his eyes are really 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 close together Harry Harry Melling one of my he's becoming one of my favorite actors ever um he is absolutely outstaging Christian Bale in every scene they share together uh he is fan fucking tastic he is in um, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, one of the last vignettes in that on Netflix. Uh, he plays this quadriplegic, uh, incapacitated individual who just has a knack for telling fucking stories. And uh, is like a freak show sideshow back in the 1800s. And he speaks with such fervor and such fucking passion that like people pay to listen to him talk. And uh, it's tragic, uh, that story. But he is one of my new favorite actors. And I guess, speaking of Hogwarts, this dude was in... This guy was in Harry Potter, and I don't remember him at all. Um, do you What's kn- his name? H- Harry Melling, M-E-L-L-I-N-G. He is by far one of the best actors I've seen to date on the screen. He is Fantastic. He is absolutely amazing. He's lost a ton of weight since his Harry Potter days. Um, but I don't remember him in Harry Potter. I, I wasn't a big Harry Potter fan. He played Dudley, I guess. Oh, wow. Did you find him? Dudley was, uh, Dudley was a, a big boy in the, in the movie. Yeah, he certainly is not a big boy now. Oh, yeah. That, that, I, I was like, this guy looks so familiar. He's fucking great. He's so good. 
He's been in things. You know him when you see him. You're like, oh, that guy. <laughs> yeah, but if you if you look if you look up <clears throat> Dudley from Harry Potter, that it's uh it's Harry Potter's shitty cousin or whatever oh, that okay. he lives with or whatever. And he's like the the kind of chubby little that's too that's too bad spoiled kid he plays an asshole. But he uh, Harry Melling when he acts, if you give him any kind of script that has like the way people used to write, the way people used to talk, his delivery, holy shit! Like he he is a force on the big screen. Uh, watch him in uh, the pale blue eye. Watch him in the the one vignette with uh, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, and you will understand what I'm talking about. This dude is a force to be reckoned with. And I was so amazed at his performance yesterday. I called my father because he likes to watch movies and recommend movies to me. I said, you need to watch the pale blue eye. Um, you're not going to believe that Christian Bale's been upstaged. Um, this dude fucking held it down as Edgar Allan Poe. It was so good, but he's got a real narrow bridge and you brought a narrow bridge and it brought up this to me about, uh, cause there, there was something just about the way he looks um, and I think it's that his eyes are kind of close together. So, but he looks really frail too. Like he's like five eight or something. He, how tall are you, Jake? You're, you're are you are you the next Harry Melling? Is my question. I I I I mean I might be because I'm not I'm not quite that tall actually. So really, I'm like five seven. Yep. Man, watch out, Harry Melling. Wear my work boots. Yeah. But he has the real, real narrow bridge too. Um, sorry, I, I went on a tangent there, but I'm, I'm on this kick right now—a Harry Melling kick. Like I want to watch all the movies he's been in now. He's so fucking good, underrated for sure. He's uh hes not your typical Hollywood dude, but he's—I can't believe like he looks actually a little sick. How thin he is. Um, it might have been some of the makeup department too, but I mean, he looked fucking emaciated in the pale blue eye, and that was part of his. Part of his uh, je ne sais quoi, so to speak, the the appeal of that character, just the mysteriousness behind him. All right, well, what do you say we get into the news, Jake? Um, I think my day quill is starting to hit me, which is awesome. Uh, first news point: uh, PS Five sales continue to just steamroll. In Japan, there was a news point on Push Square that PS5 has now surpassed 3 million consoles sold in Japan. Anything on that, Jake? Do you think the trend continues? I mean, that's pretty freaking good for Japan. 3 million consoles? I mean, that's a small country. I mean, that they, a lot of people live there, obviously. But... um yeah, that's that's great. I mean, it only means <clears throat> that the platform is healthy and that they've got units out in the wild. So it's cool to see. Yeah, I think it continues. I'm, I'm going to say I think that's going to keep happening. I think the sales are just going to go up. It was really hard to get a hold of in Japan for a long time. So now that they've figured out the stock issue, and it's just good for the it's it, just it also, good for Sony. It didn't release there first. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong about that. That might have been the PS4. But no, I, I, I think it released in uh, America first. Yeah, I don't I actually don't recall. I don't remember. Well, I don't recall. Man, 
And there's a line in that show that Harry Melling says, and he's talking to this person. Sorry, man, I'm on a fucking kick. And he goes, he goes, you know, there are people in this world who say that the dead only haunt us because we care too little about them. And I was like, that's such a good fucking line. Ah, so good. Yeah, there is that theory about ghosts that like they they only they only come back because they want to be remembered and they they're getting forgotten and that's why ghosts exist. Awesome. There's no such thing as ghosts. Moving on. Yeah, there are, man. I've I've seen. No, I haven't seen any. I haven't seen fucking ghosts. But I have some fucking good stories for you. We should do a ghost podcast where you just smack everything down. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, so PS5 firmware, we got a new firmware update. It's a big deal. This is actually a really big one. Um, it allows a lot of new things to happen. Most importantly for me, the ability to update the controller firmware wirelessly is a nice feature. You no longer have to plug the dual sense in to have it update it. The controller. Firmware. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know, I knew the PS5 firmware updated, and it was like, there's a controller update, and I just clicked through it, and it wasn't plugged in, and then it said updating, I'm like, is it plugging the one, is it updating the one that's charging right now? Like, what just happened? And then, ultimately, I switched my controllers out, like, a couple days later, and it was like, there's a controller update, and I'm like, which one's that fucking updating? Like, I, I'm confused, but it turns out that it can update the, the firmware wirelessly now to your dual senses, so that's nice. Other updates include there's a nice new trophy animation for when you when you uh, when you crack a platinum trophy. Um, it's just a little and it shows up. I don't think they have the animations for the gold, bronze, or silver. Uh, the Discord integration now is full full step. We're in it. Um, VRR at 1440p, and then they did this thing with game discs and how they work. It's weird. I'm gonna I'm just gonna write to you what I found and. Uh, I guess it gives me – let's talk about it, and then I'll explain why I think this is fine. Um, it doesn't solve any problems, but it could make your life maybe easier down the road. If your PS5 has the download version of a game that you haven't purchased, such as those that other users on your PS5 have purchased – but you yourself have the disc version of that game. You can now play the installed download version by inserting the disc without installing the disc version. Similarly, if you've installed a game using the disc and you've purchased the download version of the game, you can now play the installed disc version of the game without putting the disc in. That's the key feature there. So I don't know how many games I have the physical version of that have since come to PS Plus where I've not added it to my library because I'm like, what the fuck? What's the point? I already have the disc. Right there. Um, if I just download and add it to my library and install it from the PSN, uh, I won't have to put the disc in any longer. If it knows... I don't know that you ever had to. Well, if you don't install, unless, uh, I think what they're saying unless is this was a bu- unless this was a bug on PS5. Mm-hmm. To me, this sounds like they're fixing bugs because there's been multiple times where I've owned a disc version of a game and I've got the PS Plus version of it because I don't want to. Did you download it though? Did you download the PS Plus version to your console? Uh, uh 
Did I download the PS Plus version of my console? To play it. Because the, the, all the requirement... So the requirement now is that your account is just linked with a, with a digital version purchase of the game. So you don't even have to have it downloaded. Um, so if you have the... If you have the disc version of the game installed on your console, let's let's use the example. The example is this: the Quarry. No, that's not the example because I bought that. Fuck. Um, Resident Evil uh, Seven. Let's use that. I had the disc version of Resident Evil Seven. It was a PS Plus game for a while. Um, I've been using the disc version of the game for indefinitely. Uh, even though I had claimed it on the PlayStation Network as a plus bonus and I added it to my game library, anytime I wanted to play Resident Evil 7, um, I would go over to the file, I would say play, forget that I had the disc version, and it would be like, you must use the disc. So I'd have to go fucking fish out the disc and put it in to play it, even though I had the PS Plus digital version in my account. So they're saying in that fucking stupid. Yeah, but now so what so now they're saying that if I have the digital version in my library and even though I haven't installed it, if my disc version is installed on my PS5, then I can just play it now. So it is it so, seems like a bug fix, but it needed to happen. But it doesn't solve the, all the fucking problems that we've talked about. I shouldn't ever have to fucking put a disc in my console. That's the If problem. you buy a disc, you should have to. No, fuck that. Once I install it the first time, it should lock it to my console and I should never have okay, to Okay, yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. I didn't think about that. But, I mean, you have to put it in at least once. Well, sure. But it's just so stupid like i like if you if you in that situation you're talking about if you uninstalled it from your console yes it, then went to your library and downloaded it yeah would you still have to put the disc in no because what you downloaded was the digital was version. the digital version I wonder if this has any relation to the fact that for whatever fucking reason, Skyrim installs the PS4 and PS5 versions of the game on my console. Yeah, good luck. Dude, good luck ever figuring out how to install Warzone. Dude, it took me two days to figure out what I needed to play that game. And it's a free-to-play. It was like, here's PS4 version. Here's all the DLC. Here's this. And then you have to install the regular Call of Duty game, but you don't have to buy it. You know, but you can't play it. And then it's like, you know, do you want to install the extra textures for the PS4 and PS5 versions or just the PS5 versions? And it's like, oh, then there's all this DLC content. And it's like, holy fuck, like, let me just play the game. So, yeah, dude, I, they got to fix some of that shit. Um, another thing that was added to PS5 firmware is uh, voice command updates. So if you enable voice command, this is actually kind of nice, actually, because I always get confused how to record the things that just happened. Um, they have voice commands now for recording gameplay. You can just say PlayStation record the last 30, mi- 30 minutes, record the last 15 minutes, save the, save the last recent fucking 15 minutes of gameplay. PlayStation, take a screenshot of this and it just does it. Um, that share button's kind of nice, but I can, I use it so seldom that I don't remember how to utilize it correctly. I have some hot keys where you double tap it, it does something. You hit it one time, it does something. You push and hold it, it does something. You just push it one time, it does something. But I can never remember. 
And I think I have it now where I just push it one time and it brings up the menu and I can record gameplay or take a screenshot. And if I go to record gameplay, I can tell it to go back up to the entire length of the video or whatever to catch stuff. I want to start doing more game video shit for the channel. I, I really enjoy cutting together video of gameplay. I really do. But it's so time consuming. Um, the other thing we talked about was that's it. There was some other shit that they added to the, the update, the fir- firmware update, but those are the big ones. Jake, do you got any other input on that? No, I, none of this stuff really matters to me. Um, I guess maybe if I was running into the issue with the game discs or whatever, then that would be a problem. It's honestly probably only a problem really for PS plus people who are getting the game after they've already got it and they want to just download it or whatever. Uh, but VRR 1440 might be the coolest thing in this whole, this whole list just because it's a, it's a, a really great kind of addition to the graphical, whatever you want to call it. Um, stuff that the PS5 can do. It's a little late to the party, but at least it has it now. Um, honestly, the wireless the, the wireless firmware updating of the controller is the best part of this. <laughs> you just For listed three fucking things. You're like, this is probably the best thing. No, this is probably this is. I hear you. I only listed two. I said I said fucking VRR, <laughs> and I said the controller uh... update. The controller update is the one that matters to me the most because I disabled VRR on my TV. But um, <laughs> excuse me. The rest of it, I mean, Discord is still a fucking nightmare to use, so I don't know why anyone would use it on their PS5 or Xbox. <clears throat> yeah. um, and then the rest of it is kind of just some neat stuff. I I don't know. It's it's, uh, it's it's more than nothing. Yeah, right, right. Um, let's touch real quick back on the, uh, the Streets of Rage thing, the news point, because I put it in the news because I was so, so freaking excited about it again if you haven't played this game and you like this style of game you gotta play streets of rage 4 dot emu dotamu uh, i can't stand there's so many companies and there's so many there's just so much shit in the video game world like square enix square enix uh there's uh Datemu, uh, things that people don't know how to pronounce. I can't stand it. But it's D-O-T-E-M-U is the company that made this game. In conjunction with another company. Anyways, favorite beat-em-up, Streets of Rage 4. I think it is going down as my favorite. I love Final Fight. I love me some fucking Final Fight. That's one of my favorite beat-em-up games. I think maybe that's nostalgia pulling on me. But uh, Streets of Rage 4 is so fucking good. It's so good. Um, there are 300 improvements with this free DLC. Um, one of the big ones includes the ability when you're doing a co-op for, uh, special moves. Like if, if Jake, let's say I'm playing skate and you're playing blaze and we're fucking going at it and we're punching these mohawk haired dudes and we're fucking going nuts. And then, uh, you know, I'm like, well, shit, Jake, let me run over and jump. And then I jump over at your guy. And then all of a sudden you're holding me above your head. Right. And then you can throw me. And then while I'm in air after you throwing me, it unlocks the ability for my character to do the special move. So they integrated all these co-op things, um, which is really fucking a nice uh, quality of life. 
punch. And uh, so it's just the it's just the 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 move, right? Because you could throw your partner before. Right? Yeah, it's the move. That's, sure. I believe it's the move that's tied to the character now. And then that survival mode on. I think it's Professor X's nightmare or Mister X's nightmare. That the DLC that I just purchased. You can customize survival mode now. You can make your own custom challenges. And, uh, you know, um, my my question is this. with I mean, this game is just so critically well-received. What is the chance that they're going to do a Streets of Rage 5? I mean, mm, I don't think it's off the table. Yeah, I mean, if people really like it, I don't see why they wouldn't do another one. It can't be that... I'm sure it's not like a high dollar investment for them. Now they have every they have the system in place, right? They mastered all the character movements and shit. Like they've got it all somewhere saved on a fucking database. Like the gameplay is locked. So all they got to do is do some new environments, a new story, give us a new character or two, call the Streets of Rage 5, give us a whole new soundtrack. Boom. It would sell like hotcakes, dude. Hmm. Yeah, it it definitely might. I don't know. Streets of Rage is making a fucking comeback, dude. I love it. Out of nowhere, too. This game's been out for a while. All right. The next news point, which I thought was actually surprising, unexpected, especially with how much Sony pushed Call of the Mountain. The best-selling VR launch title was Kayak VR Mirage. (laughs) It's unbelievable. This game is so good. I've talked about it, and I think uh, I don't even need to talk about it anymore. I think the the data speaks for itself. This is the game to fucking play on VR. Not Gran Turismo 7. Not fucking Village. Go get a kayak paddle and just kayak around. <laughs> I think I think the reason That's it's so, so weird. The graphics are un... I was on Reddit, and someone said they started crying when they played this game because they couldn't believe that we finally made it there, you know? Like the quality, hmm. and I was seems thinking to too. Kinda, huh? I don't know. It seems to me kind of like a kind of gimmicky. That's the only reason why I haven't bought it. It's not because I'm not going to pay fucking twenty dollars to just sit in a kayak and look at look at pretty things for a while. Like, because I have no, it, I have no desire to float around in a kayak. Oh, really? It would literally just be me looking at things. Yeah. And be like, oh, this looks cool, which is like kind of the definition of a gimmick, but. If people are really into kayaking and really enjoy that part of it, then I guess that's neat. I would really rather like just not use the sense controllers and just fucking press a button on my controller to move around. Interesting. Yeah, man. No, but it's so good. That's just that's just me. I mean, it, it looks neat, and I would like to see it at some point, but it's not something I have any interest in really playing. Well, if you ever want to try it sometime, you can try it when you're over here. It's really fucking impressive. Um and I was thinking more, too, like in regards to this game. <clears throat> and then, you know, J1 said that he has some incapacities or disabilities, whatever you want to say, however you want to call it. Dude, VR uh, might be such an awesome way for people who are restricted, have restricted movement. You know what I mean? Like folks in, in wheelchairs or people who are... Um, you know, folks who can't drive due to like epilepsy or something. Like, I don't know if you want to put fucking put a VR headset on if you're epileptic, but I, I'm just saying like it might it might oh be God. there might be some teeth to giving people 
an opportunity to to quote unquote try things that they would otherwise be unable to do in real life. So kayaking is one of those things I would imagine. And uh, how fucking cool would that be? Man, I, I guarantee, man, if I had any kind of disability or uh, I really honestly, I'm not sure what the correct way is to, to say that. I, I think disabled. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's incapacity. I, but if, if I had an issue or I had a hurdle on my physical health or uh, any kind of situation, man, and I was able to put a fucking VR headset on to fucking go 120 miles an hour around a fucking racetrack. What a fucking rush that would be. Um, you know, what if, if I could just use the fucking sticks and just walk around in Resident Evil, how fucking rad would it feel to be able to just fucking walk? Like, for some folks who can't do that. Like, it's gotta be so awesome. Um, I think it would be cool. It, it's It's definitely a neat kind of concept because i was thinking about something like when i was playing uh gt7 you had already mentioned how cool it would be to do that Mm -hmm. like even something as simple as going to a concert or exactly um you know any number of things skydiving fuck i don't know riding a roller coaster like these are all things that i guess could be experienced by people who um have have mobility issues right. and I was thinking about this too while I was playing PS or while I was playing GT7 I really want I don't know that they'll do it and it, it might be really hard to do without making you nauseous but I really want them to do a fucking VR mode for a ride for oh, I dude. think that would be so freaking cool it would it would make you but sick I, but that's what I'm saying. It might, because of the way that you move around on the motorcycle, it might make you sick. And so there might not be a good way to do it. But um, that would be kind of neat. <sighs> yeah, we've already talked on this podcast before about like different things that outside of gaming that would be really neat to do. Just general life experiences. Going to a freaking safari or like we said, concerts or big or, game hunting, you know, listening to people speak or, you know, going to visit the Louvre in, in France or. <laughs> big game hunting uh, <laughs> dive into the bottom of the ocean like there, there's all kinds of and, and I guess that kayak mirage VR whatever the fuck it's called um, is kind of like a like a version of that so you know I, I may say that the, that type of a game is not for me that doesn't mean it's not for somebody else that is either interested in kayaking or maybe enable unable to maybe they live in the fucking city and they're not maybe they don't have mobility issues and they just like live in a fucking city and they they aren't able to go kayaking. you want to fucking walk through the woods for once in your life yeah i mean i used it i used it two winters ago uh when it was just nothing but fucking winter in northwest pa and i wanted to feel the sunshine or pretend like i was in the sunshine i I powered up a drive club and I just drove along the coast, man, and I heard the seagulls going. I had the top down, just fucking cruising. And I was like, this is fucking rad. Like, I needed this. So it was just weird. And even though you don't get the actual serotonin levels up by playing it, but, uh, I mean, Jesus, it, it it's the closest I could come with my income to being in California. You know what I mean? Riding in a fucking convertible. Like, it was awesome. It felt good. 
I just think there's something to it, man. I, I think VR is, you know, there, there are there are way. I mean, we've we've said it before, but I mean, it doesn't just have to be a gaming thing. I, I think it could be really, really enjoyable for different reasons depending on who you are and what you're looking for. So. Um, I don't know, man. I let's move on to this next. I just added a new one in here real quick. And speaking of which, you know, flight sims, cockpit games, that kind of stuff. All all of these kind of games always work really well with VR. And uh, this this there was a new announcement, and uh, the announcement was that Aces of Thunder. <clears throat> it's a flight sim for VR two. And uh, it's a, I believe it's, it's a World War. Actually, I don't know the flight. I'm going to, this is straight off of uploadvr.com. I'm looking at it real quick. I'm going to read a little bit about this game because it, it's got my attention. I really enjoyed the, uh, the Star Wars Rogue, Rogue, what was it? Rogue. Squadrons? Yeah, Squadrons. Yeah, sorry. Star Wars Squadrons. Really enjoyed the flighting, the flying in that. And uh, I wanted to get Ultra Wings, but I never did. But Aces of Thunder is a flight sim. Um, so it says on, on uh, UploadVR.com, this was announced recently for PlayStation VR 2. It says the flight simulation title from Gaijin Entertainment, the team behind War Thunder, promises online multiplayer in the freedom to fly iconic military aircraft with no limits. There's a one-minute trailer for this game. And it shows, uh, you know, combat and stuff. But it, uh, <clears throat> I, I guess it just looks awesome. And, uh, you know, with, with the success of Gran Turismo 7, you know, we have some flying in No Man's Sky. Cockpit games are some of the easier ones probably to adapt for PSVR or VR2, rather. But this is going to be, uh, according to, the Sony Store, um, focused exclusively on aerial combat and, and distributed on a paid model. So I don't know if it's going to be free to play and then you purchase the planes. It says, uh, with different competitive online game modes available, such as team versus team and single duels, you'll be able to test your skills against other virtual pilots in these aerial battles. The game's physically accurate flight and damage models derived from the popular War Thunder military action game ensure that battles are immersive and believable, taking place exclusively from the cockpit view and with complete control over all flight systems. And then it says the title uh, promises to have dozens of planes from World War II, including the P-51 Mustang and British Spitfire, with more combat aircraft from other eras uh, to come in the future add-ons. There's no release date, but it looks really, really cool. And I wonder if we're going to see planes that require multiple people. Like, could you get like fucking 17 people in a B-17 bomber, have someone on a turret gun, have some people on the, you know, the ball turrets, have some people on the bomb bay, have some people on the fucking back turrets, have a pilot, co-pilot. Dude, doing that in VR would be so fucking rad. It should be like a... Like like a fifteen versus fifteen. Like you send fifteen fighter 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 pilots after a squad in a B seventeen. They have to drop a bomb and successfully hit their target and not go down. That would be so fucking rad. Um, mm. And I I only say that specifically because I, I have a uh, uh, I want to say he's my uncle. Yeah, my, gra- my grandma's 
great uncle, grandma's brother uh, was MIA. He was a co-pilot in a B-17 that went missing. We think he went down over the Adriatic, but um, RIP Uncle Amel, uh, granduncle Amel, but he uh, he had a lot of successful flights, and then I they, they think he got taken down by flak or something. But um, just it'd be so cool for me to be able to jump into a B-17 with a squad of people in line and just fucking try that out and get fucking attacked by German, you know, whatever. I just think these kind of games could be really fucking cool online. Um, yeah, definitely. They could be neat in VR for sure. Be kind of wild. It's kind of like and that War Thunder. That War Thunder game was fun. Yeah, yeah. It was just it was it was very online. Like it, it like if if you understand what that means, like it just had like all the fucking <clears throat> online only menus and all that kind of shit in the chat box and all that kind of crap that I. But the gameplay itself was fun. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. It's fucking cool though. Um, you just put a new news point up here. Let's talk about this one. Um, let me see. This is what one thirteen. Jeez, we're cruising here. Um, you said the Bloomberg has reported the Suicide Squad might be delayed due to poor state of play reception. Um, you want to speak on that? Yeah, I was just reading this. I was just reading this on um, the Video Games Chronicle uh, that Bloomberg is reporting that Warner has decided to push the title from its previously announced May release date until later this year. I don't know how they could fix a lot of the issues that people have in mm. just, just by delaying it a few months to the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But um, maybe they can revert on some of that stuff. I don't know. I just know that whenever I looked at it, I kind of had the same reaction as a lot of people in that like all of the cutscenes and all of the story beats looked fucking awesome. And then as soon as I saw the gameplay, I was just like, meh. Like running around, shooting every like a, just like flying. Everyone's just, just fucking flying. Everybody's flying all over the place, and all the enemies and tanks and stuff. They just have these. It's like this, just like this online shit where Excuse it's like me. they ha- oh they oh everything has like a, a glowing purple orb on it that you got to shoot and like all this stuff. I don't know. It just looked kind of meh. Yeah, and that, that to me that seems kind of wild coming from the Arkham creators and those games like were had, they redefined combat in many ways with the Arkham series. So for them to come out with this and have it look like just some fucking generic third person shooter, like Fortnite kind of nonsense that just happens to have a dope ass story. It's kind of disappointing. So we shall see. Cause I don't think this has been officially stated by Warner brothers, but it was just something that Bloomberg, I guess, maybe had heard through their sources. So I guess we'll have to see how that that plays out. But as the game stands right now, it's highly unlikely that I'm going to play it, just based on the way that the gameplay looks. But uh, maybe if they change it and they fix it up a little bit, I would be more interested in playing it. So I guess we'll have to see. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. As I hawk a loogie in the ears of all of our listeners. Um Last news point before we get on to the new games coming out, or the new games that have been released, rather, uh, is that Sony had made a statement a while back of how much money they had available 
uh, to kind of broaden their brand, their acquisitions, all that stuff. Someone did some math somewhere, and they're calculating that at, as of right now, they have about $5 billion remaining of what they set aside to do what they meant to do. So it just opens up interesting conversation. Um, you know, what are they going to fucking try to acquire with $5 billion? Uh, you know, anything? Do they just hang on to it? Are they going to put this money into the lawsuit, you know, against fucking Microsoft or whatever the fuck they're doing there? Or is this money already accounted for? Maybe they just sifted it over in all this PlayStation advertising, you know, maybe they just shuffled some money over to the advertising section sector. Um, $5 billion. I don't, I don't know. I can't even imagine $1 billion. I can't imagine a million dollars. So $5 billion seems like it's a lot, but I don't know if it really is when you're talking about purchasing companies or buying out. You know, I don't know. I mean... Yeah, I know that there's been... Obviously, it's been speculated for a long time that they've been courting Square Enix, but I mean, that's that's a... That might be more than $5 billion purchase. I don't know. So it's kind of interesting to interesting to see that they've got five bill in the bank and uh to spend on shit and see what they come up with i mean hopefully they they spend it in a way that makes sense and they don't just go buy shit to buy shit because microsoft is buying shit because that i don't know if that makes sense for them but uh we'll have to see because things are getting kind of wild with the the activision blizzard we might guess it's yeah, been approved in Europe, so that could be kind of a game changer. You know, I was thinking about this because I did see a news a news point that said, and, and we've already mentioned on the show that we're not really talking about the Activision thing because it's just been so fucking persistent for the past yeah. I don't know, year. But uh, saying <coughs> that Microsoft announced that they would allow Sony to put Call of Duty on PS Plus day one. Just because they're putting it on Game Pass. And I'm sure that Sony probably would be okay with that from an engagement standpoint. But I was thinking about it. If Call of Duty sells 15 million copies a year, and let's say, let's just say, I don't know, fucking half of them are on PlayStation. And I guarantee you it's more than half of them. So 15, 1, 2, 3, 1, 2, 3. We'll divide that by 2. That's 7.5 million copies times, uh, what would it be, like $25 per copy just for it selling on PlayStation? Yeah. That's $187 million a year that Sony makes on Call of Duty if only half of the copies sell on PlayStation. So while Sony would be, I guess if that's all they could get, they would be jazzed to have Call of Duty on PS Plus. They would much rather just sell the fucking copies on PlayStation. So I don't know. I guess we'll, I guess we'll just have to see how that rolls out. I don't know. I didn't mean to hijack your, your conversation. I, I was you just, didn't? Uh, no, that's fine. It. And then there was some sort of quote about Jim Ryan just saying like, you know, their goal isn't to fucking do that. It's to keep the acquisition from happening. <laughs> Yeah. Ah, oh, Jesus. All right. Well, let's get to some new some of these new games and uh 
God, there's so many. And then we'll wrap it up just because I'm not feeling top notch. I'm still getting over it. And uh, hopefully next week we'll be back on the right leg. New games coming out is uh, March 6th. Well, it's all, we're recording this on the 12th, so this is a little old. I don't understand why, but March 6th, Dead Cells Return to Castlevania and The Wanderer, Frankenstein's Creature. March 7th, we got Little Witch Nobetta, Roman, R- Roman Sylvania, Romansylvania, <laughs> and then uh, The Outer Worlds Spacer's Choice Edition, March 8th, Cart Rider Drift. March 9th, Arcade Archives Turbo Force, Caverns of Mars Recharged, Clash Artifacts of Chaos, Fatal Frame, Mask of the Lunar Eclipse, Figment 2, Creed Valley, Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game 6, Oni, Road to the Mightiest Oni, Jesus fucking Christ, Papatura, The Last Spell, Tiny Troopers Global Ops, Transport Fever 2, Console Edition, Zappling Bygone, March 10th, Before Your Eyes, PSVR 2, I hear is like a really emotional game, and you only play it with your eyes, you don't even use a controller, Uh, DC Justice League Cosmic Chaos, Evil Up, Mato Anomalies, might be Mato, Mato Anomalies, Uh, Mythology Waifus Mahjong, Neodori Forever and Paw Patrol Grand Prix Pup Treat Arena. Now, I do know that Switchback VR, the one also, that- I'm pretty sure that's I'm pretty sure that's waifu, not waifu. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, like you know, anime waifus. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> <clears throat> um. Uh, the Switchback VR is supposed to come out March 16th, so uh, this week. We're recording this on the 12th, so in four days um, from the date we're recording this. So, I don't know. That's all I really got, man. Uh, man, I fucking hope I feel better next week. That's all. I just... Uh, I I heard Before Your Eyes is really good, and... Uh, those types of games are really hard for me to get into but i i don't know maybe i'll try it the art style kind of sucks it's real simple but i think the message is good yeah i'm not really one of those people that i i'm with you like it's it's kind of like how i felt about um psychonauts 2 when i first played it i was like man i fucking hate this art style but the game is so good so I'm sure that Before Your Eyes is kind of like that, too. It it does seem like people are really enjoying it. Uh, other than that, if you haven't played The Outer Worlds, this is a good time to jump in with the Spacer's Choice Edition. The game is really good. And the other notable comment I'll make about games on this list is that that Return to Castlevania <clears throat> version of Dead Cells looks so cool. Yeah. I don't know if I'll play it, but it looks like like they just dropped the guy from Dead Cells just right into fucking Castlevania. It is it's pretty neat, to be honest with you. And uh I'll just offer one last quick addendum 
Uh, I was trying to think of what that murder mystery game was on the PSVR that I like so much. And uh, I found that the title of it is The Invisible Hours. And uh, it was awesome. So if you have a PSVR, number one, not the new version of the PSVR, the OG VR, and you're looking for an interesting game to try on it, The Invisible Hours was really, really fun. Really cool. So Hmm. that being said, that's all I got. Jake, are you good? Well, then. Yeah, I uh, got shit to do, so I'm totally fine with wrapping this up, grabbing some lunch. I got to hang some insulation this afternoon. Nice, nice. Very good, man. All right, well, hey, thanks for tuning in to episode 267 of PS. This is awesome. PlayStation Podcast will be back next Monday. Make sure to... Uh, subscribe, like, leave comments, you know, all your fucking YouTube creators say that bullshit, but it really makes a difference, especially for the underdogs like us to get out there and get heard. So if you want to throw a buck our way, you know where to find the Patreon. And uh, thanks for tuning in. I hope to hear from you this week, and uh, we'll go over any kind of feedback you have on this episode, next episode. And don't forget, uh, last episode of The Last of Us airs tonight. Sunday, uh, the the 12th, I believe today's the 12th, 13th, 12th, and uh, Jake and I will be doing our final uh, podcast for that, and we'll be uh, putting that up tomorrow night to talk about the, the, uh, how it all resolves, and uh, I hope we get to see Joel go ham, that's all I want to say, and uh, tune into that shit because we're going to be talking about it. So that out of the way, like undisputed, undetected, and unholy. P.S. Yes. This is awesome. This is awesome.